Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham, your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. This podcast coming from a much darker place than the last podcast after the Jets had beaten the Bills and everything was awesome. I said Zach Wilson had maybe played his best game as an NFL pro. Then the Jets go back against the Patriots for the second time this year, this time in Foxborough, and it was even worse than the first performance. The defense was absolutely lights out. Loved what I saw from the defense, but it just kind of reminded us again that without a running game and trying to rely on Zach Wilson against a team that can really scheme him up really well, he's not there. He's not able to carry this team. He hasn't all year. The defense has really carried him, the running game, special teams, all sorts of different you know, factors have played in to help the Jets win games. And unfortunately, without a defensive score or a special team score, this offense wasn't even close to getting points on the board aside from one field goal from a crazy play to Denzel Mims. The offense was abysmal. And I'm not looking forward to this podcast or talking about it because this game sucked and I can't wait to move on. But that's the one good thing about this. We get to talk about it fly through this thing, and then close the door on the Patriots for the entire season. So before I begin, I need to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. I really do see and appreciate all of the ratings and the reviews and stuff. Um, It's under the Gangrene Nation podcast title. The series title is This is the Jet Life. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. So this one is not going to be with video. I had toyed with the idea of doing a YouTube video along with this podcast, but then after just the abysmal nature of this game, specifically uh, the spirits of the fan base and everything, I just figured it best to rip through this thing as fast as possible, audio only, keep it simple, and then hopefully get back to that when the Jets have a little bit more positivity around the team. But at the end of the day, this team is still 6-4. and four. Let's not cry over spilled milk because the season's not over yet. Jets have seven more games. They don't play that pesky Patriots team again, and there's a lot of winnable games in the schedule. They just have to bounce back. They bounced back last time they played the Patriots, did well against the Bills. This time we'll see if they can do the same thing. So the schedule upcoming, um, we got a Thanksgiving week of football coming up. There's nothing better than Thanksgiving football, in my opinion. It's like just the best holiday to lay on the ground, take a nap, eat a bunch of food, watch football all day long. We got two AFC East rivals playing. We got the Bills playing. At 12.30 in the first game, we got the Patriots playing at 8.20 at night. So get to watch both of those teams. Hopefully one of them, maybe both of them can lose. Other than that, um, yeah, we got to just hope this team starts winning so we can have a little bit more fun on this podcast. But we're going to start with positives. We're going to go through the usual sections that we do, positives, negatives, and overall. I want to take a little bit extra time on the overall just to kind of do like a public service announcement regarding this team and Zach Wilson as everybody's all over the place and freaking out and the sky is falling. Got to temper some of those thoughts and everything. I got a, a very special father time from my dad, nice and long, a lot of emotions. He actually sent it to me a day early, so a little extra juice and pop in that one. I got a special beer for this podcast that I just picked up on my way, and it's very interesting, so can't wait to talk about that for what's on tap. So plenty of good stuff. We got to look at the AFC East picture. Not so good. Got to look at the playoff race. We got to talk offense, defense, special teams in that Patriots game. Get a rip through that as fast as possible. And then got to talk a Bears preview, a very winnable game for the Jets. Close this thing out until next week when hopefully the Jets are back in the winning column. 
talking positives of the Jets coming out of this Patriots game, starting with the most obvious thing is this Jets defense is absolutely awesome. It's awesome. And part of that is because we've had very minimal injuries on that defensive side of the ball. We still have both of our starting corners. If Michael Carter, too, is healthy, we're going to have our starting nickel, both our starting safeties, our three linebackers, and basically our entire defensive line. All healthy, all playing, and that really plays a big factor in this whole thing because if a couple of guys went down, it wouldn't be the same. But they're out there, and they're playing absolutely out of their minds. You look at this game against Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, stuff, right? Zach Wilson was horrible. But the Jets also only allowed three points, the exact same as the Patriots. Take out that punt return touchdown, a fluke play. This game, from what we saw with those two defenses going at it and the inept quarterback play, was going to come down to a fluke play or that one big forced fumble interception, something like that was just going to be what pushed them over the top, whatever team. The Patriots were the team that got it. They had a big Marcus Jones punt return touchdown, and uh, that guy was brought in to be a return specialist, made a nice big play, probably a block in the back that didn't get called. That was a bummer. But... At the end of the day, the Jets weren't in any position to score in this game. But still, the Patriots weren't either. And when you look at the, the numbers and the stats and everything, it looked like the Patriots were moving the ball better. But in reality, Mac Jones was failing at such a high level. He actually ended up with a worse 100-point scale QBR than Zach Wilson in this game. The uh, quarterback rating that takes into account situational stuff, penalties that quarterbacks take, rushing yards, things like that, sacks taken, that's not on the other original quarterback rating. That's on the new one. On the new one, Mac Jones had a worse rating than Zach Wilson because he would get his team into position and then he would make absolutely horrible mistakes. It felt like every single time they drove down the field and got into field goal range, which is all they were getting in this game, they'd take a sack, bad penalty, be pushed back, tough field goal. Nick Folk missed two in this game. We got lucky there. But we were only giving up field goals, and Mac Jones was getting sacked, obliterated. This defense played out of their minds. Got to be super impressed with what they did. And the Jets were truly one fluke play away from winning this game against the Patriots in Foxborough with some of the worst quarterback play you've ever seen. Think about that for a second, that all it took was one weird bounce, one little thing to go the Jets' way, and they win this game. That's how good this team is. That's why we have to be very excited. Because we play this team, we hold them to what we held them to, and kept it just as close as we did the first time. The first time they were one play away, that John Franklin Myers passing or Roughing the passer call. Could have been a pick six for Michael Carter, too. Didn't happen. But, man, the Jets are right there. And, yes, we're a quarterback away. The other good news, another positive of this thing, no more Patriots. We don't play them again. They are clearly our kryptonite. Bill Belichick clearly knows how to dial up a young quarterback like Zach Wilson, keep him guessing, make him super uncomfortable for a whole game. That's not going to happen again. These two Patriots games were the two worst games of Zach Wilson's season. The rest of them, overall pretty good. You look at the, I mean, you know, not good, but relatively speaking, it's like, yeah, good enough to win the games for the most part. That's really the only team he's had a lot of trouble with is the Patriots. The other two losses were Joe Flacco. You look at the Patriots, they're 6-4, and four, same record as the Jets. They really haven't beaten a team with a winning record except for the Jets. So, yeah, they have our number. They're better than the Jets straight up. But when it comes down to it for the remainder of this season, the Jets have won with this Zach Wilson, and I think they can continue to do it. Patriots have lost with what they have. We saw what their offense looked like this week. I think the Jets are in a better spot. I'm still taking the Jets in the playoffs. Patriots not to make it. I feel good about that. So that's another positive. Another great thing, this team at this point in the season, through 10 games, has 32 sacks. Over three sacks per game. And back on a 16-season scale, the number that I always used, my dad taught me, was 
40 sacks is what you're looking for to get as a defense. More than that is ideal. If you have less than 40, it's like, all right, not a great pass rush season. And then uh, offensively, like, you don't want to be sacked more than 40 times. Try to keep your quarterback from getting sacked that much. This year, the Jets have 32 sacks right now. More than three a game on pace for 54 sacks. That's amazing. And the leading sack artist, Quinn Williams, who's having an out-of-his-mind season himself, got his career-high eight sacks right now, still 10th in the league in total sacks, still the best defensive tackle in the league in getting sacks. But that's not like a crazy high number for one player. It's really a bunch of different guys. It's not a, a couple players with 10 or 12, right? It's a lot of guys getting like three, four sacks. And you got Carl Lawson to John Franklin Myers and Bryce Huffs and Michael Clemens. There's tons of dudes that are just making an impact in that pass rush, and it's helping the defensive backs. It's helping them in their coverage. They're also helping to get opportunities for the defensive line. It's all working together as one perfect cohesive unit as it was supposed to, and that's great. So I feel good about this direction of this defense. As long as these guys are still on the field staying healthy, you got to be positive about what we got on defense. Now we got to talk about some negatives. Zach Wilson is not as good as the rest of the team. Unfortunately, he's a step behind. The defense is there. The playmakers look like they might be getting there. The offensive line has been a work in progress and is getting injured. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That's a big issue right now. The running game is struggling due to some of those injuries as it's mounting through that running game. Another negative about this whole thing, the Jets are in last place in the division for the first time. They are below the Patriots, who it was nice to have them in the basement and talk about, oh, Patriots are in the bottom still. But now here we are, same record as them, but they got two wins against us. They swept us in the season series, and we got swept by them. Currently, the Jets are not in the playoffs, right? If the season ended today, Jets would be eighth place, the first team out, and that's a bummer. They have the same record as the Bengals, who would currently be in the playoffs, but the Bengals beat the Jets. They have the same record as the Patriots, who are currently in the wild card, but the Patriots beat the Jets. So those matchups against those teams, it's alarming. You know, those are the teams that you don't want to have big losses against. You don't want them to have those tiebreakers in case the record's the same. Luckily, the team behind us, the Chargers, we don't play them, but the Ravens who are ahead of us, they beat us. We're really going to have to do a number on the Buffalo Bills and the uh, Miami Dolphins, I think, if we want to make a big push for the playoffs. Um, Otherwise, they're just going to have to win basically all the other games. We shall see. A lot to to come. I still think the Jets are going to make the playoffs. I think they have it in them because of this defense that we saw this week. Um, But when you talk about the overall picture of the Jets coming out of this week, I think we can see that this team was built to play defense and run the ball. The defensive mentality is bend, don't break, take advantage of opportunities. That's been Robert Sala's mantra since day one. Obviously, the zone defense that the Jets play has gotten so much better with the talent that they've put in, and the pass rush is working now, and they're covering guys, and they're there and making big tackles and stuff, so it's actually not even bending all that much. But they're certainly not breaking. No huge plays against the Jets really this year defensively, ever since that safety meeting where the guys got stuff together. Offensively, the goal was to pound the ball. Wear a team down. Late in the game, just keep pounding, just keep running on them. That's why you got guys like Mekhi Becton, Brees Hall, right? Like a lot of investment into just pounding the rock and wearing a team down. The goal was to keep it very simple on Zach Wilson, keep the training wheels on, and have him finish with a stat line, you know, 14 of 21. Not have him throw 60 times. It's not the Joe Flacco recipe when Zach Wilson's on the field. The goal isn't to chuck the ball around. The goal is to keep it simple, let him play within the offense, and let the rest of the team win it for him. That was always the goal. Surround him with enough playmaking talent, those Garrett Wilsons, Braxton Berrioses, those running backs that can catch and stuff where if he does need to throw, he's got a little bit of extra 
juice there to help optimize that passing game when it needs to be used. So all that stuff was built for this team to succeed, right? But unfortunately, the Jets have mounting injuries, and it's all affecting basically the most important part of our offense, and that's the running game. You look at the wide receiver that's injured, Corey Davis. He's our best run blocker. The Jets are missing their very best running back, Brees Hall. We're missing our best run-blocking offensive lineman in Mekhi Becton, followed by our second best in Elijah Vera Tucker. Then you lose Nate Herbig, Max Mitchell, George Fant. All of these guys are impacting the run game. If the Jets don't have a run game, and a team like the Patriots, who are really good at scheming, say, all right, we're going to stop the run and put it on the quarterback, it's extremely difficult for Zach Wilson. The Jets can't be in third and nines, third and tens. They can't be getting one yard on first down if they want to win games. Unfortunately, that's kind of where the team is at right now. Zach is not at a point where he can bail the team out. Luckily, the defense actually is good enough to bail Zach Wilson out. So as Zach Wilson is, you know, punting the ball, throwing incomplete passes, taking sacks, whirling around in the backfield or whatever, he's punting the ball away, but the Jets' defense isn't giving up any points, so it's keeping us in it, and then it just takes that one breakaway, one big move or something, and the Jets can win the game. But when that's not happening and the team is shutting us down, it's very difficult for this team to score and move things forward. Um, I know it's easy to right now be mad, frustrated, annoyed, and disappointed with everything, but the only reason that we feel that is because the team is so good right now, out of nowhere, we didn't expect it that now we're like, well, we have to make the playoffs, so Zach Wilson has to be better. We have to keep in mind with our expectations coming into this year, a 5-6-7 win team, the idea was the defense wasn't going to be 100%, you know, as effective as it is right now, the offense either. Zach Wilson would probably still be struggling and growing, but we were hoping to take steps forward. So many other people are way ahead in taking those steps forward. Defensive players, the entire rookie class, our playmakers. Zach Wilson isn't progressing as quickly as those players, but now we're in the playoff picture because of everybody else, and it's a great thing, something to be excited about, but it's actually causing us to now implode on ourselves even more. Look at our upcoming matchup, the Chicago Bears, and people are actually getting excited about what Justin Fields is doing. The guy's 3-8, and eight, losing almost every single game, throwing the ball, you know, 15 times. He's got three games this year with under nine pass completions, and he's basically got more runs than throws on the season. The most sacked quarterback in the league. But people are watching him saying, well, this is exciting, even though they're 3-8 and eight because the expectations were to suck and the team is sucking. But if the team was all of a sudden doing great and he was doing this, and not able to pick up first downs. It's just, it's a tough situation because the team is good. But the good news is the Jets can still win like this with Zach Wilson playing the type of quarterback he's played because in reality, this Patriots game isn't that far off from what he's been doing all season, right? Look at Pittsburgh, 50% completion percentage, two interceptions, only one passing touchdown. Against the Dolphins, 14 of 21 for 210 yards, no passing touchdowns. Packers, 10 of 18, 110 yards for the entire game, no passing touchdowns. Broncos, 16 of 26, 121 yards, no passing touchdowns. The Jets win every single one of those games, not because of Zach Wilson. Nine times out of ten, that quarterback play isn't good enough to win. But I was actually getting a lot of heat for being against Zach Wilson and not happy because, well, the Jets are winning. you got to be happy when the Jets are winning. Can't complain too much. It's the exact same Zach Wilson that showed up against the Patriots that we've had all year. We've just won in spite of it. And the Jets were one play away from beating the Patriots this time. And they were one play away from beating the Patriots last time. And this team has made 
the most of their opportunities and come out to win games, and that's awesome. That's a credit to this New York Jets coaching staff, roster, organization, and everything. But Zach Wilson, like, what would you predict with those numbers that he had during wins? 110 yards, 121 yards. What do you predict against the Patriots in Foxborough with two weeks to prepare for us and that sneaky snake defensive scheme that they've got? What do you think is going to happen? Probably something like 77 yards. We're lucky the guy didn't turn the ball over. He didn't have three bad interceptions or fumbles. Only got sacked four times. Probably lucky in that regard. This is exactly what you should expect for Zach Wilson. And when you look forward at the Bears and other teams that the Jets can beat, you should be looking for that, you know, that best Jets game against the Buffalo Bills, that best Zach Wilson performance, 151 yards and a touchdown. Like, that's what we're looking for because everything else is good enough to win. Now, if Zach Wilson doesn't develop, he keeps sucking, he may get benched. Very possible Mike White starts as soon as this week. A Joe Flacco, a Beller, because this team is in a position where they need to fight for the playoffs. If it was up to me, I would say Zach Wilson... Most important for you is time, reps, and coaching. Getting out there is the only way that you're going to progress. He's not good right now. He isn't. But he could be one day, and he has the highest ceiling of any quarterback on the Jets roster, for sure. So having him out there, getting those reps is very important. Play him to start the game against the Bears. If he sucks, pull him at halftime or before. Then the next week, I would start him again. And every single time he's sucking, pull him, put somebody else in. Until we realize... Hey, Mike White is way better than Zach Wilson. We got to go that route. All right, then you basically have written off Zach Wilson. You've proved that one guy's better. If Joe Flacco's clearly better in these same games, then you got to move on. But if you put in Mike White and he's still struggling and there's still some issues, as I imagine there will be, there was when he played last year, there was when Joe Flacco played this year, right? Even Mike White in preseason didn't look all that good. So let's not act like it's, it's going to another great quarterback. It's not like we're moving from a D minus quarterback to an A plus. It's like, Maybe we're moving from a D-minus to a C-minus. And, yeah, with this defense, you can win games. You can play C-minus quarterback and win. We've done it all year. So it's an interesting situation for the Jets. We're lucky to be as good as we are. Everything is working. Next year, the Jets will have to pivot as well if they don't see true development from Zach Wilson. So it's going to be an interesting situation if they decide to go with a Jimmy Garoppolo, David Carr, draft a quarterback, find somebody else. But the roster the Jets have right now, Zach Wilson has the highest ceiling. He still has the ability to be great one day if he can get a lot of things together. And I'm not really going to talk too much about the press conference because, frankly, I don't really care. That stuff isn't that important to me. That's media for fans to listen to and for the media to talk about. And the Jets are on Tuesday right now, almost Wednesday. They've got practices all week. They're not looking back on Sunday and the conversations that were had then they're up to date current state but we're just like we don't have any new information so we're just going to look back on Sunday it's a ridiculous media thing that that one of my least favorite parts of sports honestly is the narratives and people just running with stuff like these guys know Zach Wilson if he's a dick and a prick about stuff they know it they go on vacation with the guy they spent hundreds and hundreds of hours they're not like surprised that he went in a press conference after losing and said stuff like I'm not mad like they know who he is they've been doing stuff with him Year after year. So like to act like they, I think they all watched the press conference and saw him have a little bit of an attitude and they were just like, whoa, why is he doing that? It's like, dude, if he has an attitude, they know it. They know him way better than we do. Just because it's our first time seeing it doesn't mean that it's new. So that's my thoughts on the Jets. Too many of them. Let's get my dad's thoughts. Let's see what he has to say. And this week's father time, he submitted to me 
a day early, gave it to me on Monday. He didn't have to give it to me until Tuesday, but he was full of emotions and wanted to get this thing on paper while it was deep in his head. And I read it and I was like, man, I love it. A lot of passion, a lot of emotions from my dad. This is this week's Father Time, written by my dad, David Burnham. And here we go. Before the bye, Buffalo went down in defeat. We were all elated by an exciting win. Absolutely stunning. After the bye, the Patriots systematically snuffed the Jets' chance to grab the top spot in the AFC East for the first time in many years. And they pushed our Jets into last place and were now in the hunt. Absolutely stunned. The New England wily and seasoned pros, both on the sideline and on the field, dismantled our young team. Or should I say our offense? Or should I say Zach Wilson? Zach had a horrible game, and it would have been worse if New England defensive backs could catch. He missed wide-open touchdown throws and ultimately went 4-for-9 on throws where receivers had three or more yards of separation. That's when he saw them. Zach didn't see or ignored wide-open receivers and threw for 77 yards in the entire game. Seemed he saw ghosts from seasons past, in November. After the game, Zach deflected all questions that were critical of his play. He accepted no accountability and attempted to push the blame elsewhere, mostly to his receivers. And some of his teammates were having none of it. Leaders accept and own their bad outings. Our quarterback's public denials and deflections have given birth to a baby elephant that now resides in the Jets' locker room. We now know where the weakest link is, and I believe that Zach is being served notice by his teammates, verbally, through the media, or otherwise, especially from the defense. Make no mistake, the Jets are at a tipping point. When Chicago visits Jet Life on Sunday afternoon, we hope Zach starts fast, weathers the storm, and finishes strong, or he's going to get a clear message from the fans in the stands as well. And the big picture? What does Robert Sala do? How does he regain balance? How does he move forward? First, Zach needs to be on a very short leash. Zach needs to know that he can lose his job, and Mike White or Chris Traveller should suit up and be ready to play and win games. Yes, I think Chris Traveller could come in in the game and win in electric, chaotic fashion. And Coach Sala needs to make every decision to win the AFC East division. That is what he must do. It's paramount. The time is now. The Jets are a strong playoff contender. We're not rebuilding anymore. We are the new kids on the block, the puppy dog in the fight, and we need to learn to win the second half cold, windy games in the second half of the season. And we have to learn fast. This is no longer about players or reps. We aren't in evaluation mode. It's about this this season and about getting to the playoffs and the Super Bowl and winning it. Because in the playoffs, anything can happen. Ask C.J. Mosley. I think he would endorse this message. Hang on. And go Jets. End scene. Whoa. So much to unpack in this thing. So much. Um, and yeah, it's a bummer. The Patriots absolutely snuffed the Jets. We get it. He dismantled the Jets. Zach Wilson specifically. Our run game also struggled. My dad's not pleased with the press conference of Zach Wilson. He wants him to take more ownership, and I get it. I understand, like, wanting to hear your quarterback take ownership. It is a level of maturity that perhaps Zach Wilson doesn't have. Zach Wilson was born in 1999, and kids these days, they're built a little different than they used to be. It's not just, like, toughen up, kid. It's like, you know, sense of entitlement perhaps is there that we don't love to see. But at the end of the day, like, if the Jets are winning, you don't really care if the guy's being a dick. And if the Jets are losing, you don't care what he says. Sam Darnold was the king of taking the blame. He's like, I got to get better. It's on me. I've got to be a better player and stuff. And at the end of the day, you're like, man, we don't care about you saying you got to get better. We need to see you get better. That's all we want. When you end with a coach and you're leaving from a Rex Ryan or a Todd Bowles or whoever, regardless of how good the coach was, 
when the time comes for them to leave, you're always so like annoyed with them because of their press conferences, and it sounds the same time and time again. And every time you get a new guy in there, you're like, man, this is so refreshing to hear him talk about the team in a new way. He's finally not saying the same old stuff. And it's more just about optics and, and hearing it as a fan. It really doesn't mean all that much. And and to me, I'm, you know, whatever. If he wants to deny it, fine. He can say it's not his fault, just win next time. And if the players want to give him a hard time, fine. It doesn't have to be the happiest, best friends between the defensive line and the quarterback. It doesn't have to be like that. We know that the wide receivers are clearly not happy. Elijah Moore requested a trade. Denzel Mims has requested a trade. Garrett Wilson, not pleased. How could you be pleased? The guy's completing like nine passes in a game and nobody's getting fed. That part sucks. But when he starts playing, if he can throw for 250 yards and get everybody fed, then everybody's going to be happy. So it really just comes down to performance. And if the performance isn't there, he's got to go. It's not because of his answers in a press conference. It's not because he's been a bad boy or a brat. It's just because he's not good enough. That's where me and my dad differ. But when he's talking about having a short leash, I absolutely agree. Because like he said, the team isn't in evaluation mode. We're not where we were in seasons past talking about draft positioning. It's about getting to the playoffs and winning a Super Bowl now. Most years, it's not the team that goes in with the highest Super Bowl odds that actually wins the Super Bowl. All you have to do is make the playoffs and have some sort of run like the Eagles or the Giants. you got to make it to the playoffs and you have a chance. Right now, the Jets are there. I mean, the Jets have an ability to win the Super Bowl this season. And all you have to have is a chance to win that Super Bowl every year, and eventually you win one, and then we all celebrate, and it's the greatest year in life ever. That's what we're looking for. The time is now. If you can put a Straveller in, or a Mike White, or a Joe Flacco even, and have a better chance to win, eventually the Jets have to go that route. That said, it remains to be seen if those guys are actually better at playing the position than Zach Wilson, or... You know, obviously the the reps, if everything remains equal, you'd rather give the reps to Zach because he has the future. He is the guy that they've invested in. But the Jets need to learn fast. We're a young team, as my dad said. We are the puppy dogs in the fight. But, man, you grow up quick in these seasons. And the Jets are doing it right now, and we are at that turning point against Chicago. And that's absolutely right. Zach Wilson needs to do this. It's the same message my dad says to Zach every single week this year, it feels like. It's not about playing a great game for four quarters. It's about starting fast weathering the storm, and finishing strong. That's the big thing. And if he doesn't, if he sucks, he's absolutely right. For the first time in Zach's career, he's going to hear the loudest, booming boos that he's ever heard playing football. I can guarantee you that. If he's sucking in this game at Jet Life Stadium, the fans are going to be having none of it. And it's going to be a lot of questions from the media. It's going to be a lot of outcry from the fan base and the media. And we got a big one, big media presence, so look out for all that. So that is this week's Father Time, written by my dad, David Burnham. Now, before we go over to the AFC East, the playoff picture, and then the uh, actual breakdown of the Patriots game and the Bears preview, we do have to take a quick commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. Next order of business is to talk about that AFC East. Not as good as it was a week ago, but here we go. The Dolphins are in first place. They're 7-3. and three. They were on a bye last week, so they didn't have a game. The Dolphins' next game is at home against the 1-8-1 Texans. Expect a win from them there. The Bills, they're tied for second. They have the head-to-head loss against the Dolphins. They're also 7-3. and three. They beat the Browns this week 31-23. The Bills' next game is on Thanksgiving in Detroit against the 4-6 Lions at 12-30. The Lions have 
been a pretty bad team all year, but they're starting to turn it around a little bit. A couple wins recently, a couple good statement ones. It is a Thanksgiving game. The Bills have struggled a little bit recently. It's possible the Lions can get a little pesky, but I expect the Bills to win that game as well. The Patriots, they're in third place, tied with the Jets for a record at 6-4, and four, but they obviously have beaten us two times, so they are in third place. They beat us 10-3 to three this week, and next week they're going to play on Thanksgiving, Thursday night against Minnesota, the 8-2 Vikings at 8-20. Then you got the Jets in last place at 6-4, same record as the Patriots, but don't have the, high, the tiebreaker head-to-head. And uh, this week, the Jets play the 3-8 Bears in Jet Life at 1 p.m. Looking at the playoff race for the AFC, it's uh, still up for grabs for the Jets. The Jets are currently in 8th place in the wildcard picture. Ahead of them for wildcard would be the Bengals, the Patriots, and the Bills. Your division leaders would be the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Titans, and the Ravens. All of those teams ahead of the Jets are the ones you want to lose, as well as the the Los Angeles Chargers, who are 5-5. Right behind them would be the Indianapolis Colts, who probably are out of it, but you never know if they're going to get a little pesky with their new coach, Jeff Saturday, find a little bit of inspiration, try to capture lightning in a bottle and get into that top seven. But right now, really, it comes down to watching the Chargers, Bengals, Patriots, Bills, Ravens, Titans, Dolphins, and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a shoo-in, in my opinion. I don't really worry about them too much. So looking at some of those teams, we got Bills at Lions this week. Bills probably win. Patriots at Vikings. That one's interesting. It's possible the Vikings can beat the Patriots because that Patriots offense can be really, really ugly. We just saw it. Bengals at Titans, that's going to be an interesting game. One of those teams has to lose. I think the Bengals would be the more, um, the better team for the Jets to have lose. So we want the Titans to win that one. Definitely possible they do. Texans at Dolphins, Dolphins are going to win that. Ravens at Jaguars, Ravens are probably going to win that. The Chargers at Cardinals, that one's going to get a little bit interesting. Probably Chargers winning that. And then Rams at Chiefs could be interesting. Chiefs will probably win that. So at the end of the day, if we can get the Bengals to lose this week, the Patriots to lose this week, the Jets will be back in the wild card race if they can win against the Bears. And then we can move forward with this thing. In that playoff picture, let's not lose it again. Let's never not be in the top seven for the remainder of this year. Close this thing out with the playoffs. All right, so. Let's look at the offense against the Patriots this week. I'm going to fly through this one because this game was horrible. The Jets had six total first downs, 103 total yards, and seven yards in the second half, including two passing yards. The Jets had 2.6 yards per rush, which is absolutely horrible. You'll never win a game running for 2.6 yards per carry unless your passing game is good and the passing game was even worse, 1.7 yards per pass. That is ridiculously bad. The Jets had 10 punts and a single field goal. Zach Wilson had nine completions on 22 attempts, 77 yards. No, he didn't have any turnovers, but he was sacked four times. I think the bright spot to his game was he ran three times for 26 yards, and those plays looked somewhat effective and were really the only time that we were moving the ball quickly. Aside from our player of the game, Denzel Mims, who had one big 34-yard catch, set up the field goal. The only points the Jets scored from that one crazy uh, 34-yard catch by Denzel Mims, and honestly... It's so pathetic that that is the best offensive performance in this game. I looked around. I'm like leaving this. Who the heck am I going to pick? You got tight ends. You got 15 yards for Tyler Conklin. No catches for C.J. Uzoma. You got 15 yards or 12 yards for Garrett Wilson. 17 yards for Elijah Moore, who, yeah, Elijah Moore. He had two catches on four targets for 17 yards. Believe it or not, that's the most production he's had since week four against Pittsburgh where he had two, uh, three catches for 53 yards. It's the most production Elijah Moore's had since week four, and it was 17 yards. 
And that guy's in the running for player of the game because nobody's doing anything. Offensive line, the guys are, you know, allowing 2.6 yards per rush, giving up four sacks. They're not doing their job. Clearly not Zach Wilson. So, yes, Denzel Mims, we say on special teams a lot, all special teams player of the games are not created equal. Denzel Mims had the one play, set up the points. He's going to get player of the game. Did something that uh, I don't think a lot of fans thought he'd ever get. But what an abysmal offensive performance. It's not worth all that much to us. Our long run from running backs was eight yards. James Robinson, seven carries for 10 yards. Horrible. Why are we even talking about this? Why are we talking about the offensive performance? Offensive line, talked about them. Not good. Uh, Nate Herbig has been a bright spot on this offensive line of late, and he had a really nice week last week helping the Jets run the ball and grind down the Buffalo Bills. He got injured in this game, and he was injured going into it, and they said that like he's kind of going through some injuries this year, and he may not be healthy for the remainder of the season, but he's going to try to play through it. And then not too long into this game, he goes down. Dan Feeney comes in, plays not very well, and the Jets can't run the ball. So not great there from the running attack, especially when you need the running game to kind of help Zach Wilson get over the fact that he's not a very good quarterback. It's a tough spot overall. You look at the defensive side of the ball, the defense played absolutely awesome. They gave up three points. They had six sacks. The big guy to watch, Ramondre Stevenson, he had 1.7 yards per carry on 15 rushes. 1.7. I mean, that was as bad as the Jets' rushing performance. Yes, Ramondre Stevenson had over 50 yards receiving. That was his big thing. Damian Harris had a couple nice runs in this game. But every single time the Jets got in a bad spot and the Patriots were getting towards field goal range, which is as far as they ever made it, the Jets made a big play, big sack, and they were put into bad situations, either couldn't kick a field goal or had a long try and missed it. And that's because of that defensive line. You had sacks from Quincy Williams, Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Bryce Huff, Michael Clemens, and Quinnen Williams, who also had five tackles, was all over the place, and was our defensive player of the game. Quinnen Williams' impact was felt right away. He's getting pressure. He's pushing guys up the middle. David Andrews goes out. Ferenc comes in, the backup that played against the Jets the first time. Quinnen Williams had a great game then. He had a great game this time as well. He's having an all-pro season. We say it week after week. He gets a sack every single game, it feels like, and he's fiery to watch, and he was making tackles in the run game. Big part of the reason that Ramondre Stevenson was held to 1.7 yards per rush. So I love what I saw from him. Great defensive line performance overall. Talk about the linebackers. It's a tough task against the Patriots because they're dinking and dunking. It was a solid game for CJ overall. Quincy, he had an okay game. He left injured, came back, had seven tackles, a sack, a couple quarterback hits, a couple missed tackles as well. Look at the cornerbacks. The wide receivers only had 102 receiving yards. I mean, the Jets really did kind of what they've been doing all year. They shut that thing down. Mac Jones did not test Sauce Gardner very much. He didn't test DJ Reed very much. Threw a couple times in a soft zone to find Jacoby Myers, but that was really about it for those guys. Michael Carter, too, was banged up a little bit, but he should be okay. Talking about the safeties, Jordan Whitehead made a few big hits, a few missed tackles, same with Marcus Joyner. And that's all we got for the defense. It was a great performance. It's a real shame that a performance like that kind of gets swept under the rug because the offense is abysmal and can't do anything. That's the state of this Jets team this year, though. The Jets could run the ball. Would have been a different story. It's not all on Zach Wilson. A lot of it is. I don't want to blame Mike LaFleur, even though I think there could be some trickeration thrown in there. You know I love those Braxton Berrios, end-arounds, 
behind the line of scrimmage stuff, maybe a chance for him to throw the ball or pass just to keep things interesting. When the Jets are struggling this much on offense, you like to see that. But it's uh, it's going to be all right. This defense rocks. This defense is going to continue to rock. They're going to continue to make people's lives very, very difficult. And every single time that happens, the Jets are going to be in the game and have a chance to win. If they win enough, they'll be in the playoffs. They make it there. Anything can happen. Let's have a little fun with it. So that's our defensive side of the ball. We're going to do special teams, which wasn't great also, and then do a Bears preview and end this thing. But before we do all that, we do have to take a quick pit stop at the cooler for a little what's on tap. That is right, folks. This is what's on tap. And today I didn't have anything special in the fridge, nothing on the bar cart that really called to me. So I said I'm going to go pick something up. I'm going to go to the package store, M&R, on my road here in Connecticut, and find something that speaks to me in terms of this Jets game. I found one that was called eight days a week, and I almost got that because I was like, you know what? That's the amount of work that Zach Wilson needs to put in right now. If the Jets want to be successful. He's got to put in eight days worth of work. But then I saw this one. It's called Sucker Punched by Alvarium. The Jets got sucker punched. It felt like we got punched in the gut when this game was over, and this can is absolutely fitting. It's rock'em, sock'em robots, and one is getting his head popped off, and out of it flies strawberries and lemons. And why are those flying out? Because this is a fruited sour ale brewed with strawberry and lemon. So it makes sense that they'd pop out. This is a one-pint can, 4.8% alcohol, brewed by, like I said, Alvarium in New Britain. It's a good brewery. They make one of my favorite beers, a light New England-style IPA called Fresh, P-H-R-E-S-H. I think I've done it on this podcast before for a What's on Tap. That one's really good. So I tried this one. I think it's a little bit too um, fake strawberry sweet for me. A little too much like a strawberry syrup rather than the flavor of strawberry, which I guess I should probably expect in something like this. But I'd like a little bit more natural flavors, maybe a little bit lighter, not as overkill. It's not horrible. The name is perfect. Sucker punched. Those freaking patriots, they find a way. And those comments from Bill Belichick this week, I know he did this just to be an ass. He said uh, they were talking about, like, going up against the Vikings this week, and it's kind of a short week. And he said, oh, it's not that short of a week for us. We were able to use some of the bye week to prepare for the Vikings, alluding to the fact that he didn't have to use that much time to prepare for the Jets. That was just going to be no problem, which is just a total D-bag move. But whatever. That's who he is. Jets got sucker punched. That's why I'm drinking it. That is this week's What's on Tap. And now, before we go to the special teams and the Bears preview, we do have to take a quick commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life, as we're about to talk special teams versus the Patriots as the Jets lose 3-10. to Braden Mann was horrible. Braden Mann punted 10 times, felt like five of those punts were awful. Um, he had a couple shanks, they made him re-kick a couple times, thank God some of those really bad ones were called back, and... Honestly, if he'd kicked the ball out of bounds at the end of the game instead of kicking it to Marcus Jones, definitely would have been, wouldn't have been returned for a touchdown. Possible the Jets go to overtime, maybe even win that game, even though their offense was never going to move the ball. You never know what would have happened. He kicked it in bounds, felt like a Lawrence Tyne situation to Deshaun Jackson, and they, they the Jets didn't really throw him under the bus. They weren't like talking too much about Brayden Mann kicking it inbounds. I don't think it was as important to them because they didn't expect something like that. I mean, it was the first punt return touchdown in the entire NFL so far this season. So it's not like it happens all the time. Into the Jets, it really never happens. But, man, what a way to lose. Braden Mann, I mean, I, I defend this guy, and I think he punts pretty well a lot of times. But when you have a game like this, and 
in a way, he almost lost the game. And the last time he played the Patriots was one of the worst games of his career also, where he punted horribly and had a shank that gave the Patriots a short field in a game that they win by five points. They got short fields time and time again. Braden Mann didn't help the Jets out. Bad performance from here, too. That's two in the last three games for the Jets. If he keeps sucking, you got to, like, think about moving on from him, honestly, because you can't be losing because of your punter. Like, a great punt is awesome, but at the end of the day, just kick it 45 yards and somewhat high in the air. It doesn't have to be on the two-yard line or the one-yard line. Not like Braden Mann does that all that often anyway. But anyways, not a great game from him. I thought Braxton Berrios was really wimpy. He's got the most fair catches on punt returns in the entire NFL so far this season by kind of a wide margin, and he's fair catching again this week. And when your offense isn't going, dude, and you got like 10 yards in front of you and a blocker there, you got to run that ball and pick up 15 yards. This team needs it. They weren't getting any plays of 15 yards, and he has the opportunity to do something like that in the punt return game. He's calling fair catches when there's space in front of him. I didn't like the wimpy performance from him. He's got to be a team leader. He's got to step up and make a play. Obviously, if it's great coverage and the guy's down there about to hit him, you got to call a fair catch. But there was enough field on two punt returns in this game. They could have run it back. He didn't. I was bummed about that. Special teams player of the game goes to Greg Zerline, who made a tough kick twice. It was moved back. The wind was swirling. He made it, kicked it, went in. The guy's at 85 86% field goal percentage this year. We're pleased with him. Middle of the pack kicker. And that's our special teams player of the game. So last order of business is just doing a quick Bears preview, talking about this upcoming week against the Bears. It's going to be 1 p.m. on CBS at home. The Bears are 3-8. and eight. The Jets uh, are opening as 5.5-point favorites. I think it's moved down to 4.5 points. There's some quarterback concerns with Chicago Bears right now, so that's going to be moving a little bit. But they opened as 5.5-point favorites. It's the first time they opened as favorites at all this year. They were favorites when the week started against the Broncos, but at that point it was because Russell Wilson had been ruled out. When the week opened up, Russell Wilson was potentially going to play in that game, and the Jets were underdogs. The Chicago Bears were 1-5 on the road so far this year, so not doing so well there. Good opportunity for the Jets. When you talk about the Bears' coaching staff, it's a pretty inexperienced staff. They've been around the league, but they haven't been in coordinator or head coaching positions for very long. Matt Eberflus was the former defensive coordinator of the Colts last year. This is his first year as their head coach. So he's got a defensive mind, and he's in there. He brought some guys in with him. Luke Getze is the offensive coordinator. It's his first year calling plays as an offensive coordinator. And then their defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. He's been a defensive coordinator once before for Minnesota for one year in like 2012. But this is his first year with the Bears, so his second season as defensive coordinator. Pretty inexperienced overall when it comes down to it, and the team is 3-8, and eight, so it's kind of reflecting that. They got a lot of a lot of growth, the, old, the whole team. They're in one of those evaluation years. They're probably going to be getting a high draft pick. Hoping this coaching staff can show enough to get a little bit under their belt as well. Always easier the second season than the first. When you talk about the Bears' offense, Justin Fields currently has an injury to his non-throwing shoulder. They said that he's day-to-day right now, but they wouldn't rule out the fact that it could be season-ending. So it's really hard to tell what the situation is with him. It's possible that he plays on Sunday. It's possible that he doesn't play again if he has surgery. If he tries to get that done now, they're going to try to evaluate just how bad it is, but... Backup quarterback there is Trevor Simeon. I think we all remember Trevor Simeon from being a backup quarterback for the Jets. I think he played in one game against the Browns until Miles Garrett had a really nasty late hit and knocked him out for the whole season. We ended up playing the rest of it with Luke Falk, who blew. That was a tough year. When you think about how bad things are right now, this Patriots, you know, how awful it was. Man, just remember those Luke Falk games. That was bad. 
Trevor Simeon hasn't won a game since 2017 when he was playing with Denver, so this is not a guy who's thrown out there all that often. If Justin Fields is the guy that plays, he's a true running quarterback. He's almost got as many rushes as a quarterback as he does throws, which is probably the he's probably the most obvious running quarterback there's ever been. Even when you look at like a Michael Vick or a Lamar Jackson, they've never been that run heavy. Lamar Jackson's second year with the Ravens, the guy threw 36 touchdowns and had more than twice as many passes, pass attempts as rushes. Justin Fields is like running every single time, and he's the most sacked quarterback in the entire league. Justin Fields is truly trying to do it all with his legs. He's not an established passer of the ball, and if the Jets can keep him in contain, which we got one of those great defensive lines. Like, we got guys all over. They're not going to get tired. They can watch him. We stopped uh, Lamar Jackson pretty well when we played the Ravens. Held him to, like, 27 yards. They play Justin Fields. It really comes down to make sure that he doesn't run. Because other than that, he's not really passing all that well. Their only running back that's really effective is David Montgomery. They have a number two back, Khalil Herbert, who's currently on IR. That guy's a good player, but he's not there. So it's just going to be David Montgomery. The wide receivers, Darnold Mooney is their best. He's a good, shifty little player. But the Jets, DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, should be able to handle him. They traded for Chase Claypool recently. The guy's fast and big. Again, not worried about the Jets covering him. Equinemia St. Brown, not worried about him. They got a decent tight end in Cole Komet, who's got pretty good repertoire with Justin Fields. Probably his favorite target right now would be that Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney. Their backup tight end would be Ryan Griffin, if you remember him. Overall, the offensive line has really good PFF grades. I haven't watched a ton of Bears so far this year. I know Tevin Jenkins from the draft. He's a good player. Um, but the rest of the guys on that line, like Borum, um, have been playing really well. And their PFF grades are good. But it's weird because, like, he's the most sacked quarterback in the league. You'd think the numbers would be really, really low for them. But at the same time, he's running for, like, 140 yards in a game. So the rushing numbers go to that PFF grade. So it's kind of a mix. Get after him. Don't let him run the ball. And you can really stifle that passing game. Stop David Montgomery. And that offense can't really do anything. It'll look like the Jets did against the Patriots. Go to the defensive side of the ball. The Bears are in a selling state where the uh, owner, or I guess the front office, is starting to sell people, right? They uh, they traded Robert Quinn, traded Roquan Smith. When the season started, they didn't bring Hicks back. Um, the real strength of that defense right now at this point in time after they're selling and trying to look for the future is going to be that secondary. They got Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon, two guys that were drafted recently in the, as cornerbacks. They got Eddie Jackson, a really good safety. Next to him, the rookie Jaquan Brisker, who's having a very good season. And they got Kendall Vildor and Lamar Jackson as cornerbacks three and four. So, yeah, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker. That's a good defensive backfield. You look at their linebackers, not so much. Defensive line, not so much. They traded Roquan Smith. They traded Robert Quinn. They don't have Akeem Hicks. So it's definitely susceptible to the run. I think that's what the Jets have to get back to. The Patriots are great at saying we're going to take away your best thing. I said it last week. They'd take away the run, put it on Zach Wilson, make it difficult on him. They took away our run. It was difficult on him. It sucked. The Bears, they don't have the horses the same way the Patriots do, and if the Jets can run even for, like, three yards a carry and play the defense that they play against, I mean, God, if it's Trevor Simeon, there is no question that this should be a win. There is no reason the Jets should lose this game, and if for any reason it's in doubt, at halftime, I don't care if Mike White starts or anybody, if Zach Wilson starts, whoever it is, if they're struggling at halftime, make a switch, put somebody else in, win this freaking game. This is one of the most winnable games on the schedule for the remainder of the year. The Jets absolutely need to win it at all costs. Find a way. 
pull it all out of the hat. Crazy trick plays, different quarterbacks, wildcat. I don't care what you do. Find a way to win. The Jets, I think they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground. I think they're going to play that amazing defense. They're going to make it hard on whichever quarterback it is. And regardless of the Zach Wilson play, the Jets will win, as they have all year long. My prediction, Jets win 27-13. to And we all sit here saying, well, Zach Wilson clearly has a long way to go, but at least the team is good and the Jets are back in the playoff picture. That's what I'm looking for coming out of this week. And if they do really well, who knows? We may have a video podcast coming next week for YouTube. I'll be back. I'll be talking about it, win or lose. If the Jets lose, we're going to be looking for a quarterback change one way or another. If you're following the coin on Reddit and Twitter, the coin says the Jets will lose this game and then go on a five-game winning streak. So it almost feels like they're predicting some sort of quarterback change, whether it's like the Jets try Mike White this week to see what happens. Mike White does horrible. The Jets lose. They go back to Zach Wilson. He's learned a valuable lesson. He wins five games straight. Or if it's that Zach Wilson plays this game, absolutely blows, they say, all right, sorry, we can't use Zach Wilson anymore. It's going to be Mike White. And then Mike White comes in and goes on a five-game winning streak. Either way, if you're following that coin, it's kind of witchcraft going on over there. We shall see. That's all I got for this podcast. I kept it under an hour. I'm happy about it. Got out of here quickly. I'm going to finish this sucker-punched beer. Forget this Patriots game ever happened on offense. Relish in the defense. And be back next week. Thank you for joining me. I'm Dan Burnham. And this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 